guys, I am in Miami right now with a friend of mine, Louis Carrion. He is probably the dopest artist out there. We are currently in Miami right now filming on a yacht for Art Basel, and I am super hyped. Your story, the little bit that I know about it, we met through a friend in LA, and I came into your gallery, and I was captivated by the work, uh, is super sick. So just take me back to the beginning. How did you even start? Wow, rolling back 20 years, a long time, multiple uh, decades. I started as a graffiti artist on the streets of Long Beach, trying to find myself as a youth, you know, all the noise of a youth. I was a skateboarder and a surfer where the surf met the turf in Long Beach and graffiti was like my first fucking love. So finding graffiti and, and learning that and uh, escalating in that, it was my first beloved addiction. So when you're when you learn graffiti first and you have to like kick down doors and paint over everything, it literally prepped me for this world because I do the same thing now. I paint over the masters and I don't really give a fuck about your average institutions like galleries and that things. We do it very unorthodox. So we, you know, I just create my own lane and I don't really even look sideways. So, and thank you for saying a dopest artist, you know, it's so rel it's so like, you know, it's all relative. Like, yeah. what is art? How dope is it? what? You know, it's so personal. But uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, you know, when I met you, I was actually really curious because I think that you had actually said something that was like you were working on the art for, I think it was quite a long time before it actually really hit, right? Like, it wasn't like you put something out and it was immediate overnight success. And I think that for a lot of people who are fascinated by celebrities and entrepreneurs, they need to know that part of the story and the journey is being willing to put effort and time into it for years. And is that something that you would agree on? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it takes 10 years to get a black belt at anything. And with modern society and Instagrams and all these things, people think that they can just put on a freaking new outfit and be a rapper, totally. be a painter, be all this stuff. But if you haven't struggled and you don't know what it's like to hit the bottom and be so hungry that you'll literally claw your way through anything to get your artistic fucking message across, that's what it is and I've been painting for 20 years plus and I'm not even close to where I need to be like I'm here but like I'm not even close to where I need to be and I live a great life and I sell paintings to people that I if you asked me 20 years ago that probably wouldn't even let me in their motherfucking house so uh, yeah it's it's a it's a crazy world you know it's kind of wild too because when you're like I'm not where I want to be and people look at you and they would work their whole life for decades and not even get to where you are so how do you define success what does success look like to you six hey, i'll say this i'll just let it fr flow from bob marley you know what i'm saying which who is my divine like person who i've followed for years uh you know you don't get rich from money like the richness comes from the spirit and if you know how to live your rich life through the spirit and to understand that time is the only Monet like time is everything so you know how to manage your time and you know how to manage your spirit none of this really matters You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I come from I came from like the streets, you know, and I, I had a long long Art career of addiction and pain all I know is pain when it comes to the art That's what the thing that that I think people don't trip out about like all I knew was fighting over art literally fist fighting over fighting with kids in Long Beach grown men stealing art fighting over graffiti that's how i grew up the, the scars i have on my face is from getting punched from art 
to like here Miami Basel the last eight yeah. years like I don't really give a fuck like these people I don't care like I'm doing something for when I'm dead like that's the messages I paint for so once I just laid that all out and realized that I don't give a fuck all I do is create for 200 years from now when they're googling and they mm -hmm. find the body of work that I've done that's it that's my payment and every day above ground and just being able to create is a blessing for me so I want every person who ever listens to this episode or follows you, whatever, to get to a point where they realize that social media and the idea of just posting something and getting millions of followers is not really what success is defined as. Uh, and I think that through your story, you really can see that. But you're saying a lot of stuff about your childhood. So, like, walk me back to that. So you're growing up. You give me kind of rebellious vibes. I was, like, a high school dropout, so I get it. How did you all of a sudden just start painting? Siblings? Like, what was your family like? So graffiti came young, and with graffiti came the first crew I was ever in, the only crew that I was ever in, it was called Crushing Babylon. So, and if you look back to that, it was the city of Babylon, it was very biblical, it was Rastafari, and it was dreadlocks at a young age, and it was looking in the Old Testament, and it was about crushing the system, and at this time, the system was the interstate highways, taxpayers' money, and just, like, destroying corporations. Now I got LLCs, and my life, it's just fucked up the way you just, <laughs> it's insane how growth is, but you have to grow if you want to, you know, last, yeah. last for as long as you can through art and through other ways. But uh, addiction, I come from a family that had addiction. I, d I had a father that was a, a drug addict and, a, and you know, so I, at a young age, I had that struggle of, of seeing that in my family. And then I turned to drugs and alcohol at a very, uh, actually not that old, but I, I have a very, uh, my personality is very like go. Like, so I went hard into the drugs and into the culture and started selling drugs at a young age. So that's pretty much it. But everything that I've done literally like made me who I am and I don't regret any of it. Like, you know, I dropped out of school at 16 and did Grateful Dead tour for four years. So at a young age when the people were, were graduating from high school, I was learning how to, you know, sell beers to make money to get a hotel. So I learned everything I needed to know about supply and demand and about capitalism at a really, really young age. So I always figured out how to fucking survive. So you didn't come from any money and connections. You I come from a own. great, great family, blue collar family. My parents are longshoremen. They always tried to provide to me. My mom was super hippie. Let me do whatever the fuck I wanted. Uh, if I wanted to, if the waves were good, I didn't have to go to school. If I wanted to skate a rail, my mom didn't want, she'd just take me to go skate. I come from a super, super, my parents are still married, but, you know, trauma is what everyone deals with, f dealing with whether you come from a nuclear family or not, like between the mother and the father and the years getting to that. And then we all get of age and then we realize that we all have trauma and how do we deal with that? Yeah. I dealt with it through drugs in the streets and just wanted to numb myself and tell everybody, fuck off. You don't like me, fuck you. That was easier than to try to be smart or try to go to college or try to fit in with all the other like my peers so I gravitated to like street and like more of street gang life at that time in Long Beach because they were it was the 90s it was there was tag bangers it was like colors came out it was it was it was rough you know but here we sit mega yacht Miami all my people around me chilling so uh it's it, it's interesting looking back do you remember the first time you ever tried any type of substance did you ever expect to pursue entrepreneurship like in any capacity when you went through the struggle with addiction and whatnot did you ever think you're going to come out and be where you are now uh, i always knew that i had a, f a current and a frequency that rolled through my body and i could use it for good or bad and uh so i actually lost my virginity 
ate LSD and MDMA the same night when I was 18. Round of applause. Woo. Round of applause. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. I Good lost for my, you. I lost my virginity, and then I skateboarded home and knocked on the door and said, Mom, I lost my virginity, <laughs> and I'm on acid. <laughs> 18 is actually a really great age. Yeah. That's, I, like, perfect time yeah. to lose your virginity. Yeah, I held on to my virginity because yeah. I was, like, really pretty, and I had, like, long hair, and I looked like a girl, and I hung out with all older guys, so all the girls, like, wanted to try to take it from me. So I was so scared. I was so scared. Oh, my God. Okay. I've interviewed, like, hundreds of entrepreneurs, and something that always really fascinates me is I've gone through all of their stories, and there's always some element of trauma. And I think that people look at trauma as something that can really hold them back or define them. And the people who are the most successful people are the ones who truly have taken their trauma and made it into something better. So if someone is listening to this podcast and is struggling with something and is like, I can't pursue my dreams because I'm too fucked up. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say to that person? I speak about this a lot now. It seems to be something that I will be going into in the future with uh, retreats and plant medicine. And I am all about, I think the most brilliant people come from trauma and it's about the trauma. I believe that if you're able to vocally speak about the worst things that cage you and cage your spirit and your soul. So many people walk around with these things and they can't vocalize them, vocalize. When you're able to speak of these and it just flows out of your mouth and it's part of the brand and the pain that you now take to feed fuel to others, you will fucking be able to knock down walls. You'll be able to do it ever because people love authenticity and the world is so not authentic and you have a bunch of zombies walking around trying to front like there's something else and everybody already acts like they are their own actor, this, that, that. They're all these echo chambers, but everybody's just really insecure, wants love, wants to be listened to. That's where we are. So. I say like, and I notice because, and I'll just use a, an example. When you meet somebody who has either been raped, things happen. You meet people like, oh, I was raped when I was this. And when they speak about it, they own you. Mm -hmm. Like, just like that. Yeah. It, other people may take eight years to tell you. But when people fucking tell you the worst thing that is, they own it. And you can feel it. And that means that they, are, they have got that piece of darkness that it broke them and they have owned it. That's how you take and in like light your spirit up, so you can fucking be infectious. Yeah. That's how I. That's how I feel. And that's so true for authenticity, right? Like whatever you've gone through to let that shine through, and make. Anytime you talk to someone, they don't need to know exactly your story, but I think that being able to be comfortable with what you've gone through is so monumental, and just being a good fucking person. So I want to know. I don't. Am I a good person? Yeah. Yeah, you waited till 18 to lose your virginity. Like that is a good, anyone listening to this, that's a good age. Like kids out there, don't have sex before 18 because you're dumb and young. Anywho, so art, I wanna talk about art because I'm actually really curious. So I can't even like paint for my life, graffiti, whatever, but I was always a Banksy fan. You know, when I came into your gallery and I have some other friends in LA who are pretty successful artists, I'm getting really into kind of like that street art scene. So when you made your first painting or like first painted graffiti did you almost feel like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life absolutely not okay because like no one's ever going to tell you you could make it at anything your parents I mean like I have like you know blue collar working like Mexican strong ass dad like I'm gonna be a artist dad he's like yeah right cool go down work down on the port until you can figure that shit out so like you know you don't you don't really know those things until you catch breaks or there's some signs. I'm all about listening to signs and watching signs. And I, I knew that 
because of the people I know and I know that if I manipulated the system in a way that I could psychologically control it and play it like chess, then I can, I can own my maneuvers. And if I maneuvered enough with the right people that I can gain traction, could I find monetary va- like success out of it? I never knew that. But I don't do anything for money. So I'm a fucking thrill seeker, an addiction junkie of just... Yeah, so, and I have, I think, I don't know, I have all the fire life stuff to fuel me, so I just hit the ground running, and I fucking love to paint, like, I'd paint whatever, and, like, Banksy, he's awesome, he's, his political narratives are cool, I don't agree with all of them, but that's fucking great, he came from the graffiti art, and he came to LA and painted way before anybody knew his names with the LTS crew and, like, shit like that, so it's all relative, I'm not a fan of Art Basel, I think Art Basel is a fucking... Honestly, I think it's a it's a it's a polluted, diluted place for people that aren't artists to come and everybody jump into a scope to market their products and their brands and speak about art. And real creatives, most of the artists that are selling in Art Basel, most of the most artists that have had the most success in the last 3 days, nobody here will know their name. And that's why I love art. I come from LA where my friends either died went to prison or made the big screen or were in a rock band. Painters, you can fucking get rich and the motherfuckers don't know you. You can be in every art show around the world from Basel, Switzerland to Basel here to, you know, Cologne, Germany, all the biggest shows. Nobody fucking knows your shit. You could have half a million dollar painting selling and not even ever come to Miami. Who bought your first painting? Oh, my first painting was my very first art show. Casey Wheat, rest in peace. One of my brothers, he just passed away like this year. Um, he threw my very first art show, and he paid me with a hotel across the street in Newport Beach. It's kind of like this, like a big thing. And we put up all my art, and because he paid me in a, in a bar, in a hotel, and they th- and it and we drove away and we left it. Really? My first show got straight up donated to the game. Why? Because I was a drug addict, and I just didn't give a fuck. And <laughs> And being a drug addict, I'm very, very insecure. Very insecure. When it comes to my art, I don't like people. I don't like people seeing it. I don't like talking about it. This whole shit is so new to me. Like, art has been a a sacred little addiction that I do to, like, bleed and cry and fucking write poems about women that have hurt me and fucking talk to my parents and talk to God and fucking... That's what art is to me. So, I don't even know. This last four years, like, making fucking money and going here and there, like... What the fuck? I don't even care. We're on a yacht now, and just like this is crazy. It's a little cool. But I have my my people here, so as long as I have the people that I know around me, and yeah. that never changes, and I'm able to always fucking talk my shit, I, I can keep doing it. You know. So when you make art, how do you decide how to make art? Because I feel like that's something that probably people think about. I mean, even when I came and saw your stuff, you had a lot of stories on kind of what inspired everything that you've done. But do you have? Times, I don't know how does it work. It was weeks where you're like, I don't know what to paint. I don't know what to draw anything. I used to when I was lost, but I was found by a, a the current that always ran through my body. I found the purpose and I found my narrative. And most artists will never find their narrative. They'll go through their whole life with like doing things and they'll never find a purpose. They'll have the tool, but they won't find the narrative. And when you fucking when your narrative leeches onto you and like hurts, 
you don't have a choice. It's it's a constant. You have to be going. So I'm constantly just like studying. And I have Benjamin, my manager. We're like fucking. We're in the trenches. Like we're studying Caravaggio. We're looking at this stuff. We're finding artists. Like um, it's it's a it's an awesome awesome procedure. Um, I am actually now, and I'll say this for the first time. And actually, now I have ghost painters. I have people on. What is that? People that paint my work when I don't want to. I have people that in my studios, like, that we find and that sign NDAs, and people don't even know what the fuck. I don't. If I don't want to paint twenty paintings, I fucking have somebody else go paint all my backgrounds. We use graphic designers to say, I want a cactus over there. Take Jesus, turn him upside down. Put a fucking pull. A, put a pull a porn star off of there, put it over to this and that. I want to see a half a vagina with a, like, whatever. I'm mixing everything up, and then I come in the studio from, I'll be in Joshua Tree building my house for fucking a week, and then come back to the studio and have a plethora of paintings ready to regurgitate my language on. And it saves a lot of time. And it took me years to be okay to do this, because I couldn't live with somebody even painting, touching my work. But then Benjamin tricked me and convinced me that all the artists of time. Love did a good that. manager. Yeah, Benjamin said that all the all the. And I'm not saying I'm one of the greats, but all the greats did that. So I'm like, if these fucking brilliant people who could make history, and now it's easier to be that because we have this. Mm -hmm. These guys didn't have none of this. Now you just have to exist on Google when you die. Let's all exist on Google when you die, and that's it. Because they, they're gonna look back, and then they're gonna be like, they'll be able to find you and be like, what the fuck do you produce? On the topic of death, what do you want people to remember you for when you die? Fuck, man. Um, I think when I die, I'll, I won't have a choice. I won't have a choice what they'll remember me for. My, my friends will remember the person that like was there for everybody and literally tried to be there and, and, and be of service to everyone. And the people that don't know me will know me for Ryzantine and my religious iconography and how I fucking life hacked the, the best painters in history and how I did it. Because what I did four or five years ago now is already being like, it's already there. We, we log every artist that's jumped on what I've done in the last, and we have a whole log of 80 artists that are in galleries that are putting halos and claiming that their, their shit is, is it. But that's what I'll be known for is, is the religious iconography, the flirting with the masters, the waking up the Caravaggios, waking up the Rubens, um, bringing people like Dr. Ori um, professors and shit. You know, I speak at colleges now and I didn't even fucking graduate from high school. I can, I can only speak for me as the painter. I tell everybody, the hundreds of people that write me on Instagram per month, hey, can you give me any advice? I write them back the same thing. Or do you like my work? And I just say, when you don't care about what I think about your work, then you're heading in the right direction. Like with painting, there is no right, a rhyme, or a reason. We're Benjamin and I have been creating this, and we uh, we use resources. We look at this like a business, but it's a, a business in development only to get to a specific place. So we 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 utilize our relationships, and if we had to fight, because how we even got him here is we got to a place where the canvases got to a certain amount of money, and then those people wanted to speak about art history, and then we were like, we don't know nothing about art history. I actually started feeling really insecure and I'm like and they're and people are coming to my studio and they're like oh this is like this and this and I'm like going oh my god like I only know who Basquiat is and Warhol <laughs> like I'm like I never even and I didn't even know who they were till you know 10 years ago 
maybe even eight years ago. So um, to get back to your question, like they're just paint for you. And if you have, and social media is a tool because you see it like now. There's all kinds of artists who I don't even like at all that literally started painting like two years ago and just because they have a huge following, they can like do something with it. And it is what it is. Use your resources. Use your resources. Thank you both so well, after much. After this podcast, that piece just tripled in value. I, yeah. <laughs> it better have, and I want commission on the sale. <laughs> so that was really cool. That was my first episode filmed on a yacht. How weird is it to say that? I never thought that I would ever live a life where I literally can work from a yacht in Miami. That was the coolest thing that I've done in the last few months. And I have to say his story not only really captivates me, but I hope inspires you guys to understand and not let yourself be defined by any of your trauma. This episode was obviously a little bit edgier. We get into topics like sex and we're talking about substance abuse and addiction. But I really find that every successful person comes from a similar story. They don't all necessarily have to be people who have used drugs or substances in the past, but it's not unusual that a lot of very successful creative people have struggled with something at some point along the way. So whether you're feeling inspired by my story and what happened with my dad when I was younger, or you feel extra inspired by someone like Lewis and his story of resilience and trauma, let it be known to you that whatever happens in your life, it doesn't have to define you. And I think that it's a really monumental time in the world where a lot of people are way more vocal about what they've struggled with. And in return, hopefully you can truly get out of your comfort zone, learn how to love yourself in the most authentic and organic way, and feel constantly inspired by those stories of people who have ever overcome so much and are not only incredibly successful, but have reached peak wealth and status and are still getting up every single day and doing what they love. So I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing holiday week. If you are celebrating Christmas, enjoy, take some time off. I know I am going to do that. I am headed to Connecticut tonight, Monday night, just for the week. I really don't want to be there too long because I'm going to be there a lot next year. So I'm flying back the day after Christmas. It was also the cheapest flight. And I just love Austin. Like I literally never want to leave. Uh, and I've been traveling so much lately. And if you follow me on social media, you know that literally every other flight I'm on is either canceled or delayed. So I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm just not getting on any more planes and I'm kind of about that so I hope you guys have an amazing amazing week make sure to follow the podcast on social media at the new unfiltered I hope you also follow my personal social media at Alexa underscore Curtis and I'll see you guys next week for a new episode of the new unfiltered Merry Christmas